Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself depending on the subject matter and your needs. Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more. On this edition of the show, the truth about UFO crash debris, probes, and implants. At least this is as close as I can get to the truth right now. I'm going to share it with you. Okay, let's just go ahead and get this probing thing out of the way right here at the top of the show. I have met people who have told me face-to-face about being probed. Now, fortunately, I have no personal experience with this, and the people who say this seem very sincere and believable. So I have no real reason to believe or disbelieve them. But here is what I think is unfortunate. Let us imagine there are beings out there so advanced we cannot comprehend the level of their sophisticated technology. They have mastered reality to such an extent they can travel impossible distances by warping space-time and conquering interdimensional boundaries to essentially teleport and come here and study us with their singular most impressive measurement device. A sleek and simple probe that can download the diagnostics of your very DNA your thoughts and mind, perhaps even download your very spirit for analysis. But here's the bad news. Yeah, it's got to go up there. They couldn't figure out a better way. That's where they finally got stumped. 
Or maybe they're just on a tight budget and that's the cheap way to do it. I mean, is that the case? Could be. I don't know. Uh, and I'm really not in a position to judge. But that's one of the things I struggle with when it comes to that. That's as far, that's, that's the most honest answer I can give you right now about that. So what do you think? What do you think? But look, there is a lot to dig into here. My goodness, there is a lot. Okay, let me just start with some of my things that are more relevant to stuff that I've actually held in my hands. Uh, in 2010, I'm sure I've talked somewhere on this podcast about the fact that around then I was, well, I met a man named Charles Wade at a UFO conference in Nevada. And, uh, he told me that he had UFO crash debris, what he thought was possibly crash debris that he had collected, uh, not far from the Roswell area. And Charles Wade had had an interest his whole life in this because that his father was one of the guys who was living right there in the Roswell area when Mac Brazel discovered the debris on his land and back in 1947 and, uh, and actually asked Charles's father, everybody calls him Chuck. I'll call Chuck Wade. Asked Chuck's father, um, if, uh, he would help remove the debris and his father was too busy. So he didn't do it. And his father always kind of regretted that that he, he missed this golden opportunity to see this stuff. Uh, well, Chuck, as he grew up, um, I think he was always just infatuated with, with this tale. And so he was out there in the desert all the time looking through like dried up, recently dried up ponds and lake beds with metal detectors. And he found this material and he sent me a number of samples of this. Now that we're talking about, this was, you know, like 12, 13 years ago, I guess he sent me a number of samples and they're some of my most interesting and treasured possessions because, um, as soon as they, they, they look like slivers of, kind of like aluminum, you know, but some are thin, like you could bend them with your fingers. Some are thick enough that you cannot. And so the first thing I did was take one of these little slivers of this stuff. And I wanted to see what would happen if I put it in an electrostatic field. And so I was just in my kitchen at the time and I got a Van de Graaff generator, you know, one of those balls that you put your hands on. It makes your hair stand on end. And I put a a pie pan on, uh, on top of it and just charged up a field and just dropped it in there. And as soon as I did that, this little sliver stood upright vertical and started spinning like crazy and moving around inside the pan. And it would occasionally actually levitate and hop up and down. It was absolutely astounding. Uh, when I, when I first saw that. And so I took video of it and I put it on YouTube and it's been up all these years. And I, I guess probably if you just do a search for my name, Joshua P. Warren and UFO crash debris, maybe it will come up. I need to shoot an updated video, but anyway, um, after all these years, I have taken that piece of debris out two or three times and I have demonstrated it for live audiences. I don't do it very often. But I have never actually taken my pieces to be tested. And that's because that when they are tested, 
um, you have to destroy part of the sample. And I don't know. I mean, I've got an, enough samples that I can do it. And so I'm finally going to do it. I believe this is the time for me to do. It. I've just felt really weird. And I, I never wanted to do it until I could walk right into a laboratory and talk face to face with the scientist who was going to perform the procedure and explain everything. And I never had that until just recently, like less than a year ago. I met this scientist at this laboratory in Las Vegas, and he's going to be perfect for this. But um, I will tell you that back in 2010, Chuck Wade, he sent his material to an engineer, uh, a researcher who obviously has a scientific background named S.G. Colburn. And Colburn did this quite extensive analysis and uh, produced a 55-page report on the results. And I have this report in front of me, and, and here is what this man said uh, almost 13 years ago. He said, These samples contain very unusual alloying elements, which were not present in aluminum alloys in 1947. If these samples are from an aircraft which crashed in that year, they are very unusual on that basis. The coatings on the samples are also unusual because conformal coatings of this type, which are blended with metal and rich in silica, titania, magnesia, sulfate, phosphate, and chloride were almost certainly not available in 1947. The coatings on the samples are also somewhat similar to coatings on implants removed from people claiming alien contact. Okay, so this goes on and on, like I say, 55 pages with a lot of uh, detailed microscope pictures and graphs. And I mean, it's a it's a it's a very impressive looking report. But still, um, I got my guy here in Las Vegas, who I know is one of the best in the world because he, he works with Silicon Valley and NASA and all these mining companies. And I know I can walk in there and demonstrate this for him. I'll videotape the whole thing. Uh, and I, I, at least that I would like to, if he's cool with that, videotape the whole thing and sacrifice, you know, one of these pieces for his analysis. And then I will be sharing that information with you on this podcast, of course. So that's an exciting thing that's coming up. I would have done it sooner this year, but I've just been slammed with, you know, you, you know what I've been doing. I bought a bunch of new property and I've just bitten off as usual more than I can chew. But anyway, okay. Let's, let's get into this whole concept. Like what, what is the deal with alien implants? How seriously should we take all this? Well, let's just start with. The almighty internet. Let's just see what Wikipedia says, shall we? And, uh, this is actually, if you look up alien implants on Wikipedia, it's, it's kind of a surprisingly short article compared to others. It says in ufology, alien implants is a term used to describe physical objects allegedly placed in someone's body after they have been abducted by aliens. Claimed capabilities of the implants range from telepresence to mind control to bio-telemetry. Okay, let me pause here for a second. Telepresence, it says, is a, a set of technologies which allow a person to feel as if they were present 
to give the appearance or effect of being present at a place other than their true location. Okay, that's interesting. Mind control, duh. Biotelemetry involves the application of... You know what? I'm just going to have to take a break and get back to this. This is... <laughs> but listen, you know what? Okay, you know I'm always experimenting with weird and interesting and fun stuff. And sometimes I discover something that I like to do. And it becomes a part of my life, a part of my routine. I make something, I invent some little device or object or system. And I'm like, this is really cool. I And I think if I like it, well, maybe you'll like it. And so that's why occasionally I'll make a little batch of something that I like. And then I'll send it out there and uh, I'll put it on my website. It's always a small batch. Well, guess what? I've got another one coming up very, very soon. If you want to know about it, go to joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P. Click the link there. Uh, right, It's on the homepage for my free e-newsletter. Just put your email address in there, hit submit. Boom. You get the free e-newsletter and you will instantly receive some links to some free gifts from me. Um, it's it's like, why, why wouldn't you do this? It's free. And you'll be the first to know when my new little kick comes out. Sign up for the free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com. That's me. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Stay right there. There's more Joshua P. Warren coming right up. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. And now more Joshua P. Warren on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. Back to biotelemetry, they say it involves the application... Basically, it's to remotely monitor various vital signs of patients. Okay, so that's what telemetry is about. It's collecting vital signs. So they're saying that, okay, claimed capabilities of the implants are from telepresence, which sounds really weird, like they're they're always kind of with you, to mind control, to biotelemetry, which they say is um, similar to humans, tagging wild animals for study okay now you get that and it says as with ufo subjects in general the idea of alien implants has seen very little attention from mainstream scientists and then they give an interesting little history here it's not very long it says according to peter according to peter rogerson writing in magonia magazine The concept of alien implants can be traced to a March 1957 Long John Nebel radio show interview with ufologist John Robinson, where Robinson recounted a neighbor's claim of being kidnapped by aliens in 1938 and kept subdued by small earphones placed behind his ears. 
Massachusetts resident Betty Anderson claimed that aliens had implanted a device in her nose during her supposed alien abduction in 1967, first publicized by Raymond Fowler in his book, The Anderson Affair. A Canadian woman named Dorothy Wallace claimed a similar experience in 1983. In later years, the claims of authors like Whitley Strieber would popularize, uh, popularize alien abduction ideas in general, including reports of unusual implants associated with abductions. John E. Mack wrote in his book, Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens, that he examined a one-half to three-quarter inch thin, wiry object given to him by a 24-year-old woman client who claimed it came out of her nose following an abduction experience. And California podiatrist Roger Lear also claims to have removed alien implants from patients. Let me pause for a second and say I actually got to meet Roger Lear a couple times. Nice guy. Nice guy. Very interesting. Now, here's what the uh, the debunkers say. Uh, it goes on to say, according to skeptical investigator Joe Nickel, Supposed alien implants appear to be ordinary materials such as a shard of glass, a jagged piece of metal, and a carbon fiber. The objects are often found lodged in extremities such as toes, hands, and shins. And Nickel cites uh, Israeli teaching hospital department head Virgil Priscu's opinion that, quote, there's no mystery, no implants explaining that normal objects picked up during a fall or by walking barefoot often becomes surrounded by scar tissue. Okay. So that's what they say. Some of these people who write these Wikipedia articles, they're not good. They're not good writers. Okay. They don't write well. So yeah, I have to sort of like struggle through some of that. Okay. So now you've seen that overview, right? Well, get a load of this. Uh, episode 57 of this show, I interviewed my buddy Tim R. Swartz, and he worked so many years with Timothy Green Beckley, and uh, my goodness, they put out a lot of books together, and Tim has a new book out that he produced with Sean Castile, two excellent writers. And uh, it's called Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters. And there is uh, additional material by Scott Corrales, Tom Hackney, Hercules Invictus, Mark Ali, Calvin Parker, Paul Del Roberts, Alejandro Ojas, Gene Steinberg, Lon Strickler, Diane Tessman, Nigel Watson. Yeah, it's one of those books. This thing, I just got my copy a couple days ago. It's 336 pages. And uh, here's what the back says. It's more than just crash flying saucers. It's no secret that over the decades, exotic material of unknown origin has been discovered, not only in association with UFO encounters, but from other sources as well. However, alien artifacts aren't just little bits of crushed and broken metal. They can range from archaeological discoveries of items seemingly beyond what our ancient ancestors could master to evidence of possible biological contamination from alien beings. There's even the time that crispy pancakes were handed over from a UFO in exchange for water. 
The press has repeatedly emphasized that nothing can be proven about the UFO phenomenon until the hard evidence has been found. Well, this book proves the so-called hard evidence has been available for study this entire time. The research has not only been ignored, it has also produced results that are just as bewildering as the UFOs themselves. The 26 chapters in Alien Artifacts have been written by some of the finest researchers and writers in the study of Fortean phenomena and offer a fresh perspective on the reality of UFOs and their many mysteries. I uh, contacted Tim. I said, Tim, can I read some of this to my audience? Because I started reading it. I was like, this is some pretty strange stuff. And he said, absolutely. Absolutely. Please do. And uh, by the way, and I'll just tell you up front, I'll, I'll probably tell you again, if this book is on Amazon, or you can go to conspiracyjournal.com, Alien Artifacts. It's actually, it says Timothy Green Beckley's Alien Artifacts, but we have two Tims here. There's Tim Beckley, uh, my late great friend, and then now we have Tim Swartz, who is continuing the uh, the enterprise. Okay, let me read some little portions of this for you. Are you ready? This is by Tim Swartz. I can, uh, let me, let me switch this screen back. All right, here we go. A congressional hearing was held on May 17th of 2022 by the House Subcommittee on Government Investigations of Unidentified Flying Objects. It was the first meeting of its kind to take place in more than 50 years. Afterward, Congressman Tim Burchett called the UFO hearing a, quote, total joke. He said, quote, we should have heard from people who could talk about things they'd personally seen. But instead, the witnesses were government officials with limited knowledge who couldn't give real answers to serious questions, end quote. That's what Burchett said in a tweet. Prior to the May 17th hearing, Burchett also claimed that wreckage from UFOs had been recovered, and he told reporters that multiple sources had informed him of that fact, but did not elaborate further. Recovered UFO records, uh, wreckage. Where have we heard that one before? It is rare that we would have a U.S. congressman making such an inflammatory statement, but like past proclamations about recovered UFOs or just mysterious debris, we're given a lot of hyperbole. But do we have any actual physical evidence from UFOs or what we think were UFOs? Well, that's what this book is all about. We've named it alien artifacts, but actually we're using this term not to say so much that we believe that we have recovered things from extraterrestrial spaceships, but because what we are discussing in this book is alien, and they don't appear to have a normal explanation for their origins, okay? So then he goes on to say, here's a good example. Good example of alien artifacts that uh, there just aren't chunks of metal that look like they came off a mangled soda can. He says, this is the case of Joe Simonton. The Wisconsin farmer who in 1961 was shocked to see a metallic flying saucer land outside his house. And to him, it looked like two inverted bowls with exhaust pipes at the ends. The farmer rushed outside and saw a hatch opening from the craft, just like the trunk of your car. Inside, Simiton saw little men about five feet tall, quote, dark hair, dark eyed, dark skin. End quote. In dress, they wore black or navy blue turtleneck shirts and helmets. 
However, the chief had red striped pants. According to reports, three beings looked to be 20 to 30, year old, uh, 30 years old and Italian in appearance. Gesturing to Simiton, the man held up a metallic jug indicating he would like to have it filled with water. And Simiton took the jug and filled it with water and returned it to the little man. Simiton looked inside the saucer and saw another little man cooking, quote, pancakes on a smooth, square, grill-like surface. And so hoping to, quote, get a conversation out of him, the farmer gestured he would like to try the food. And in return, the pilot handed him four of the pancakes, which were, quote, hot and greasy. Being polite, Simiton tried the pancake and he said, quote, if that was their food, God help them, because I took a bite of one of them and it tasted like a piece of cardboard. And if that's what they're living on, well, no wonder they're small, end quote. The pilot indicated that Simiton should step back and close the hatch. The craft rose up vertically like an elevator, Simiton remembered, and it shot off into the sky and quickly disappeared. Uh, as you're going to hear in a moment, this case actually intrigued Dr. J. Allen Hynek, but I have an even weirder one that we're going to get to when we come back. Yeah, it's hard to... I mean, these are not cookie-cutter stories. Like, have you ever heard of an alien coming down asking for water... And then giving you a pancake and J. Allen Hynek from Project Blue Book says, there may be something to this. I'm Joshua P. Warren, and you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be back after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. There's more Joshua P. Warren and Strange Things coming right up. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. The four. The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for details. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The Internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It also can expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them. Hi, this is Ouija board expert Karen A. Dahlman, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Strange things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. Let's get back to the story. This is weird. The guy's eating alien pancakes. Uh, says the uh, okay, so the craft rose up vertically like an elevator and then shot off into the sky and quickly disappeared. Everything was timed perfectly, Simonton said. It went up about 20 feet, and then it tilted at a 45-degree straight south and took off, and within two to three seconds, it was out of sight. It's an amazing story, but... Unlike the thousands of other UFO reports, this one came with actual physical evidence in the form of strange, bubbly, textured pancakes. 
the guy had one of the pancakes. Okay. After the story got out, the Air Force sent J. Allen Hynek to look into the case. And according to Hynek, the man's story was genuine. Quote, there is no doubt that Mr. Simiton felt that his contact was, was a real experience, end quote, said Hynek. And later, in a statement from the Air Force, suggested they had the sample tested and they were ordinary buckwheat pancakes consisting of fat, starch, buckwheat hulls, wheat bran, and soybean hulls. And officially, the Air Force labeled the case as unknown. Like many of the cases we will explore in this book, Simonton did not seem to have an encounter of some type with the unknown. Uh, I'm sorry, he did seem to have an encounter of some type with the unknown, but the physical evidence left behind did not appear to be of extraterrestrial origin. That is, unless alien races are also growing buckwheat on some distant planet. Okay, you see, these are the kinds of stories that you, you, some of the kinds of stories that you'll get in this book. Really, really weird stuff like that. Again, this is alien artifacts, incredible evidence of exotic material from UFO encounters. Let me read you one more section of this since tim said this was cool for me to read you guys some stuff uh this is called alien tourists whenever tourists visit a scenic location there are always a few inconsiderate ones that leave something behind usually trash and garbage but according to an account by brent swanser on the mysterious universe website a group of possibly out of this world tourists left behind some interesting evidence of their holiday on earth Sometime in 1970, a hotel employee in St. Louis, Missouri, told investigator John E. Schroeder about a group of odd, tiny beings at their establishment that they believed to be not of this world. Dorothy Simpson had been sitting at the reception desk of the hotel when she looked up at a group of very strange-looking individuals standing in front of her. Simpson said they were very small, barely at eye level with the edge of the desk with pale, slightly triangular faces that started wide at the eyes but drew thinner down to pointy chins which held tiny lipless mouths. The eyes themselves were large, dark, and slightly slanted, and their noses were nearly non-existent. Little more than two slits. She also said they all appeared to be wearing very bad-looking wigs. Although they were rather androgynous in physical appearance, two were in expensive tailored men's suits, and the others were dressed in pastel peach dresses. But if not for the clothes and the different lengths of their hair, there would have been no way to tell who was male and who was female. Two of them seemed slightly smaller than the others, giving the impression that they were perhaps children, but it was hard to tell. One of the men uh, spoke out in a high-pitched voice to ask for a room, but when Dorothy told him the price, he didn't seem to understand. He needed help from one of the women to realize that it meant that he needed money, 
and then he pulled out a crisp stack of bills from his pocket and paid the required amount. Now, now, now listen to this, folks. Okay, this is 1970, granted, but listen to this. When she asked the gentleman's name, he told her he was A. Bell. Okay, like A. Period. Bell. Now, how bizarre is this? If you know the history of this show, and and you know we're 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 part of the Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, how bizarre is it that of all the names that was given, it was A. Bell. When Art Bell is the man who created Coast to Coast AM, and Art Bell was the man who had Carville the Alien, the wooden statue, which is in my house right now. Okay, that's just, that's kind of, that's kind of a mind boggler right there. Okay, he said he was A. Bell, and uh, she helped sign the register for him as he was too short to reach out over the desk to do it himself. When asked where he was from, he pointed up at the sky, but the woman next to him gently lowered his arm and told her they were from Hammond, Indiana. (laughs) This is comical, isn't it? Uh, Even providing an address. Afterwards, other employees had noticed just how weird the visitors were, which prompted the motel to check out the Indiana address, which turned out to be fake. He also did a test of the extremely new bills they had been given on suspicion they were counterfeit, but those proved to be real. They also checked the parking area for any car with Indiana plates, but uh, there was none. And later that evening, the bellhop found their strange visitors wandering around in a confused state. Helping them find their room, the bellhop was scolded by one of the women for turning on the lights too bright. And the next day, the visitors had vanished, despite no one seeing them leave. It was as if they had just evaporated into thin air. The only thing left behind as proof of their visit was the crisp new money they had used to pay for their rooms and a lot of unsettled employees wondering what to make of their bizarre experience. So, in this case, I guess the alien artifact would be the money. Three hundred, what I say? Three hundred and thirty-some pages of this? Three hundred and thirty-six pages of this. Um... (laughs) If you want to check this out, uh, I'm enjoying this right now. I'm, I'm also reading the re-release of uh, Whitley Strieber's Communion. Actually, I'm not reading it. It's on Audible, and I'm listening to it. Uh, whenever I'm in the shower, I like to listen to audiobooks. And so uh, Whitley Strieber is, is reading uh, his new edition of Communion on Audible. And... Uh, it's like 12 hours, I think. So it's going to be a while before I finish it. Uh, but I think he said they were like three and a half feet tall, the ones that visited him. And these had to be a little bit taller, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. But this book right here. Yeah, this would make a good uh, audio book. 
Uh, alien artifacts, incredible evidence of exotic material from UFO encounters. Sean Castile and Tim R. Swartz. And again, you can go to Amazon and look it up or just go to conspiracyjournal.com. Um, thank you, Tim and Sean for allowing me to share some of this with my audience here. And, uh, this is like all the other books these guys are involved with. It's just layer upon layer upon layer of high strangeness, the likes of which you will not find anywhere else, honestly. Okay. So what's the deal here? You know, I, um, one of my friends is Colonel John Alexander. He lives here in Las Vegas and he has done a lot of work with Bob Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace. And Bob Bigelow has been contracted by all kinds of government agencies to examine, um, you know, UFO debris. And one time I had this actually a couple times, you know, I've had, I had a conversation with, with, John Alexander and I said, what exactly does Bob Bigelow have? What, what do you guys have? And here's what he, he said. Um, okay. Well, let me, let me just pause for a moment and point out that people, even if they're my friend, a lot of people are very hesitant to tell me what's going on if they have something they want to keep private because I do work in the media. I've been doing this for a long time. And so uh, people are understandably concerned. Like if I tell this guy something, well, he can turn right around and tell everybody else. I don't do that. If you tell me not to talk about something, I don't do it because then you will never trust me again. And that's a very, very fast way for me to end my credibility and whatever career, if you want to call it that, <laughs> that I fashioned for myself. So I don't do that. But, um, when, when we come back from this break, I will tell you what, what he told me and kind of like summarize this thing and how, how it applies to area 51. And, and then, and then I want to tell you about, um, something I did on a very personal level the other day that improved my life. It, it had to do with one of my neighbors. I wanted to wait to talk about this for a little while. And I think now is the time you'll see why. I'm Joshua P. Warren, and you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. Hang on, Josh will be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. Please make sure and check out my show, Shades of the Afterlife, heard right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren. And keep in mind, NASA is trained and equipped to detect objects 
coming in from outer space. Well, that doesn't necessarily apply to the UFO or UAP phenomenon or phenomena, depending on how you look at it, because um, we're talking about uh, things that may just sort of appear in our environment, you know, um, like they teleported or something. And then if they crash, well, nobody knows what crashed. The military would be the most likely ones to know. And then the next thing you know, uh, word gets out that uh, there's something here, but it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not the normal protocol. And all of a sudden, figures, you know, humans with guns, they descend, they cordon off the area, and they say, we'll take it from here. Go away. And they confiscate everything, and then they, they do take it away. And where does it go? Well, nobody knows. So, well, no, we don't get to know where all of it goes, but we know that, you know, there are pieces of it that have been out there long before the government existed. These things, if they're crashing, then they're, they've crashed for thousands of years and there are pieces of debris out there. And, you know, uh, Colonel John Alexander, uh, he, I always enjoy pointing out that he was in the book and the movie, uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats. In the movie, he was portrayed, uh, along with various other figures from the book, uh, by George Clooney. And, uh, you know, John Alexander has said, like, well, look, Bob Bigelow may have been contracted to do civilian research on some of this stuff. But, you know, he, too, was a he was a civilian. And he said, you know, we've gotten some little pieces of things, but it's just really, really little pieces. Uh, of course, on the other hand, I live here uh, about a two hour drive from Area 51. And so the story has always been that whatever crashed uh, at Roswell ended up being taken to this facility that was built in large part to study it, um, which we now call Area 51, Groom Lake, Dreamland, Homie Air Force Base, part of the the, the Nellis Air Force Base, the Nevada test site, et cetera. You know, there are all these. That's one of the things the military does to, to throw people off is they come up with like 10 or 20 different names for things. And some of them aren't even names. They're just numbers and probably even sounds. That's what base is that? Um, <laughs> but anyway, look, um, I am going to have my stuff tested. And you, know, you got to keep just a super open mind. That's what it's all about. I I recently I posted on my Twitter uh, account, just at Joshua P. Warren, uh, some video clips by a, uh, a guru. And I just recently started hearing about his work. I don't know anything about his background. So hopefully he, he's a good guy. Uh, Sadhguru, S-A-D-H-G-U-R-U. He's 64 years old, uh, born in India. And uh, anyway, I just enjoyed some of the stuff he was talking about in these video clips. And one of the things he said was, um, even today, we do not know one single atom in its entirety. We know how to use them, but we don't know anything about anything. 
over 99% of an atom is empty. We don't know what that emptiness contains. Over 99% of the cosmos is empty. We don't know what that is. So this is like I give you a million piece jigsaw puzzle. But you found in your hands, you only have three of them. With these three in your hands, you make a picture and you're euphoric. You're euphoric that you made a picture. Well, I'm sorry. There's a million pieces to this. Has anybody gathered all the pieces? No. Then don't make a picture. Think about that. Isn't that a great and powerful quote? Uh, his website, Isha, I-S-H-A, dot sadguru.org. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Isha dot sadguru, S-A-D-H-G-U-R-U dot O-R-G. But anyway, it's linked up, uh, recently I put some clips, like I say, on my Twitter account. That's how you have to think about all this. So, it, you know, it's, it's easy to scoff at stuff, but, um, it's not practical to scoff at stuff, you know, to not acknowledge that we only know what we are able, able to, to sense through our limited senses, you know. That's why I've always been so interested in experimenting with, um, mind machines, radionics, psychotronics, psionics, things that may seem like a bunch of hooey at first, but then you start messing with them and they start working and you go, well, uh, how did, how did that happen? So here's a story that I want to tell you about something that I recently did that, um, I don't know, for a while I thought I'm going to wait. This might be a little, little too personal, but here we go. So as you know, I bought this new house in Las Vegas this year and, uh, and it's great. You know, it's just got all the space that I need for, for my studio and my office and, workshop and laboratory and all this stuff. But I also, even though I'm here in the desert, I love the water. So I, I just insisted on having a, a swimming pool. So I have a nice play area about out back where I have a swimming pool and a spa. That's what they call it out here. It's like, I, I always thought of it as a hot tub, but it's like, it's, it's a spa. If it's like an in-ground hot tub, that's a part of the swimming pool. So anyway, I, I have all this. And it's really cool. And I have lights out there, a little waterfall. It's very relaxing. But next door to me, my neighbor, when I first moved here, had these two big trees that were kind of an invasive species. They've been there for a while. I think I was allergic to them. And also when the wind would blow, all this debris would blow into my pool and plus the roots were getting so big on these things that eventually they were going to bust through the, the, the fence, like the concrete fence and everything. So I told Lauren, I was like, we need to get rid of these trees, these two trees that have been at my neighbor's house. And I've never met this person for years. Now I know, I know what you're thinking. This is what my friend JR calls a high class problem. But I do not feel bad for having a nice house because that I've worked really, really hard for over 30 years uh, to get a nice house. So I feel like, you know, that's fine <laughs> for, for me because I've put in. Well, you know, 
you see what, what kind of work I've put out there. So I'm happy to have this. And I thought I would like to have these two trees removed, but I can't just, you know, go march over there and say, remove these trees. So guess what I did? And this is tr- absolutely true. I put my hand on a stack of Bibles. I got out a wishing machine. I put on the wishing machine that I wanted those trees gone. Now this seems almost impossible. Okay. Cause I'd only lived here for, I don't know, like a month or something. And who, who am I? I, I? I don't even know the neighbors. Never even seen the neighbors. I said, I wanted the trees gone. And then, um, that night after I set the wishing machine, I, um, I listened to the good fortune tone as I was falling asleep. I had it literally, I fell asleep with headphones on that night and I listened to it. And if, and if you just go to Spotify and type in my name and the good fortune tone, you'll find a version of it that's as long as 30 minutes. And then the next day I took action and I went over and I left a note on the house and said, if you are willing to remove these trees, uh, here's how it will help me and I'll pay for it. And within 24 hours, they were like, yeah, that's, that's no problem, you know, and I got a killer deal. And a few days later, those trees were gone and they actually sold the house. And now totally different people are living there. And I said to Lauren, that's amazing how quickly that worked. That's why if you go to my curiosity shop at joshuapwarren.com and you start clicking around and you look at these devices, I'm telling you, I use them all the time myself and you there's I don't know what the limits are of what you can accomplish, but you need to get your mind in the right place. And if you can afford to experiment, experiment. And if not, you see, I give a money back guarantee. All right. Now let's play that good fortune tone, shall we? Take a deep breath. If you can't close your eyes, here it is. Enjoy. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.